Hey everyone, this is Harper. In this episode, we talk about some sensitive subjects, specifically incest and abortion. Those can be really difficult topics, so if you don't want to hear about them for whatever reason, or they make you uncomfortable, feel free to skip this episode, and uh, we'll catch you for the next one. Alright, thanks guys. Authentic Knowledge and Feelings I feel it, I feel it Yeah, I know where you're going with this You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good You know what I mean? Instead it's like, ooh But I'm really not funny No, no And we shouldn't have a contract What? <laughs> okay Harper. I'm Jonathan. And, and we have uh, a guest with us today on Hawkeyes. We do. Yeah, this is Hawkeyes first off, we should say. Yeah. What you're listening to. I just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this is like Crossfire. Do you remember that show Crossfire on CNN? Yeah. Where it do was I. uh <laughs> I'm I'm Tucker Carlson, obviously. 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 I love bow ties and being a dick. And you're the liberal one. Yeah. And joining us today is John Stewart to <laughs> shut down our show. Wow. That's in so the nice. form of Lauren Bresnahan. <laughs> joining us all the way from Hollywood, California. That's me. That's her. That's where yeah. I live. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't dox you. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood's a big place. It's okay. Yeah. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could talk about that Arby's that everyone talks about on podcasts uh, if you want. Yes, all our all podcasts talk about the Arby's on Sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the best. It's the one and only that I know of. Yeah, there used to be one in Santa Monica back in the day, but then that one closed, and now the only one left is in Hollywood. It's great. Or except probably for that one time. Right, except Jonathan. for that one time, yeah. Lauren and I both <laughs> ate the same thing and then yacked. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a, a movie and then mm, to oh, to all, all the boys place. I love I've loved yes, before, yeah. Yes, and then we threw up after. Yeah, it's it's my it so typical beautiful. response yeah. to to romance movies. Can you imagine if it was um, Ethan Hawke as her dad in that movie instead wow. of? Wow, uh, that's interesting. What's his name? Sexy Man of dad? God, Pastor Dan. What's um, his name in real life? Dean Thomas. Uh, oh my god! I really don't remember. Um, her having a dad. Yeah. What? He's oh, such a big oh, um, Corbett, John Corbett. Yes. I was. I think I was just focused on like not dying. Yeah, that's true. Arby's. Yeah, I was fine because I did not have beef. I think was my. Yeah. My saving grace. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could probably have a coaster here somewhere. Oh, my bad. What, no, no, that's okay. I think it would just like, diffuse the noise. Here. Yeah, we have one of those cork ones would be nice. Yeah, well, it's too late now. We're all sitting here. Okay. We're Maybe strapped we can get in. producer Jorge to do it. Oh, yeah. Today we have a special guest producer, Jorge Veronchisi, who you might know from uh, our um, our podcast uh, affiliate, po- our sister podcast, yeah. um, Craving, Craving the D. The D. 
coming soon. <laughs> yeah, coming soon, or maybe already. Who knows? It really depends on oh, how yeah, long it takes Nicole to edit. Now I know when this episode is coming out. Oh, you do? Yeah, you have a schedule. I have a schedule now. You're a professional. Yeah, oh, this episode so is coming impressed. about coming out in about a month and a half. Okay. From today. Yeah. But we so, won't say when today is. Yeah, who knows? Except for they'll know when they listen to it that yeah, this was a true. month they'll and a half like, ago. Yeah, that's true. They'll be like, oh, this is a month and a half ago. But yeah. we want to buy ourselves some, like, <laughs> yeah. just-in-case time. No, we definitely need that just-in-case time. Oh, yeah, producer Jorge, can you get us a coaster? <laughs> he's, he's like an executive producer because he only... Oh, can you get us a softer coaster than <laughs> <this>? <laughs> He's an executive producer because he only, like, shows up once in a while. In the um, in the bar cart, to make sure that like his money is still there should be like a cork one maybe there might be a cork one mm-hmm. in there somewhere. Just so the listeners at home know, because this was a visual thing, Jorge brought a tile coaster <laughs> to, uh, to make less sound <laughs> than a table. Well, okay. In his defense, he didn't know that's why yeah, he wanted a coaster. No, that's true. That's true. He's, He's just over there, yeah, living his life, watching his. Uh, the Kira 6 show. Yeah, executive producing this show. Yeah, that's what executive producers do. Yeah. They just watch other shows. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, these are nice. These are Moulin Rouge coasters. The Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Thanks, Jorge. Actually, I'm going to do it this way. Beautiful. There we go. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, pro strats. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, that sounded more like a bass. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like a hi-hat. My heartbeat. I'm a real musician, if you guys oh, didn't notice. Fast. ASMR. It's just ASMR. We need to stop doing the ASMR. We do ASMR like every week on this podcast. Do we really? Yeah, it comes up. It's usually yeah. I just bring up ASMR. Well, because then like you'll do like this every time. You know, ASMR. Maybe the users love it, or the listeners. Yeah, the the viewers. The viewers. (laughs) Sorry, that was a weird laugh. Do your fans have names yet? Um, Hawkheads. Oh, Hawkins mm, yeah, Warhawks. 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 <laughs> nice. No, um, that's not great. Ethanites. Ethan. Oh, Ethanites are scary. That sounds <laughs> yeah, like a a religious cult. Yeah. Well, if anyone was gonna lead a cult, it would be Ethan Hawk. You know. I don't think so. No, he not like in a... real life. In like a movie, oh. though. I think he could see. Oh, I see. Um, like he would be. What's this? Um, John Hawks, not related, but uh, he was the cult leader in Martha Marcy Mayor Marlene. Oh, that's and cool. he's really good. And I think that Ethan Hawke could do a similarly um, creepy yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Has he played any bad guys? Bad guys, yeah, sure. <laughs> but not like cult, like cult. Yeah, kind who? Of when has he been a bad guy? Um. Oh. Um. I feel like I'm really being put on the spot here. Yes, um, you are. He usually plays a good guy, but I feel like he, he does could play usually a bad play guy. a good guy. But I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, I know there's all these, like, he's done a bunch of westerns in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's probably played some morally ambiguous sure, guys. Sure, 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 sure. Um, like, once you're of a certain age. You start uh, doing westerns. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Well, that was his great comeback. Yeah. It was. Well, or was that Crazy Heart? Which one came first? Crazy that was Heart kind of like a musical western. That was like though, a musical it? western, yeah. Also, uh, Hell or High Water. Oh, which was like that was a good. modern western. Mm. It was like a western, but it was like with trucks. Like the story structure was very westerny, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the setting was very westerny, but it was modern. They had like it was like there was bank robberies, there was casinos, there was shootouts. Like it had all the t- there was chases. Uh-huh. It had all the like beating heart things that make 
a western except it was like yeah they were driving trucks and they had cell phones i don't know if they had cell phones but oh i'm sure they did it was like they, present day they sure did yeah it was yeah. or day. cell phones existed it yeah wasn't. jeff bridges probably didn't have one because he's mm-hmm. jeff yeah. bridges he just um rambles so, update on your question. Could you imagine getting a... Sorry. Could you imagine getting a voicemail from Jeff Bridges? Like, it would probably be, like, 15 minutes long. Yeah. And just, like, oh, yeah. random. It's just that speech But it would be a delight. It would be a delight anyway. Was that of the Globes? Yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. Speech he Because he, he was prepared for it, too. He was, like, winning a Lifetime Award. Mm-hmm. And he went oh, on yeah. and just gave a rambling speech. He was just mm-hmm. called out his friends. So fun. Love yeah. that guy. Um, well, Ethan Hawke is in Stockholm, which is coming out, like, soon. Oh, yeah. Um, where he's, oh, the, Stockholm about Stockholm Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah. yeah, so he's, like, the, you know, the bank robber guy from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess depending on how you view that role. Also, I think, um, uh, Brooklyn's Finest, I think maybe he plays a dirty cop. Oh, the Before series, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> classic truly a villain villain i mean honestly before midnight (laughs) (laughs) i've only seen one of those and i can never remember which one it is um i think it was the first one yeah but probably well did they look really young kind of young (laughs) or old (laughs) not old it definitely wasn't the most recent one yeah it was probably the first one i was probably intending to go in order and i just couldn't get into it Mm mm-hmm for a future episode of this podcast. Yeah. Well, who are we? Do we know who we're having as a guest on that episode? No, we have a maybe, but okay. we don't have a confirmed guest for that it's episode. Gonna, it's going to be a big app. It will be, be a big app. app. I'm, we'll, we'll definitely get a call from my dad. Nice. Ooh, so yeah, I'm curious how he's going to feel about this that movie. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of feelings about the Before series. He has a lot of feelings about almost every Richard Linklater movie. Mm-hmm. So... Boyhood is uh, what was one the, of his favorite movies. What was the first Richard Linklater movie that Ethan Hawke made? Mm, that's a good question. Probably before, probably before Sunrise. Mm, okay. If I had to guess. I don't know that much about his filmography. Uh, he did School of Rock. Uh, he did oh. Me and Orson Welles, starring Zac Efron. What, could it have been Slacker? <laughs> was that a... Oh. Is that a, a Richard Linklater movie? Is Ethan Hawke in Slacker? No, oh, maybe not. Let me Google it. Okay. I don't know if uh, either one of those people are involved in that movie. Oh. To that'd be, be embarrassing. Well, <laughs> we'll find out. That'd be embarrassing. Anyway, while Jonathan's Googling, Lauren, why don't you tell mm-hmm. us about your experience with Ethan Hawke? Like, what movies of his have you seen? How do you feel about him in general? You know? um, well, obviously... Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. I watched in multiple English classes over the years. Um, so that's the first thing that always comes to mind. Um, uh, I feel like I'm always just kind of like, oh, hey, it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think about it too much farther. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got good... Uh, 90s boy hair. He does, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so very strong feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was Richard Linklater, but there was no Ethan Hawke. Mm, okay. <coughs> yeah, because I feel like I've looked at Ethan Hawke's filmography about a million times since we started true. this project, true, and true, true. soccer was not yeah. something that popped up in my head. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't even think of. Oh, White Fang we mentioned earlier. That mm. was a childhood classic. Yeah, I actually had never seen it yeah, until we either. watched it for this mm. podcast. I mean, I haven't seen it for, you know, like 20 years probably. But I remember it making an impact. <laughs> but I couldn't even really tell you what it's about other than there's a wolf involved. Or, yeah, yeah. there's a wolf. Well, it's a wolf-dog combo. No, sorry. Does, is it a wolf or is it a wolf-dog? it's a wolf-dog. Yeah. It's a wolf-dog. Does he rescue people like Balto? The dog. Um, I mean, doesn't no. every dog rescue people? Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> rescued who? <laughs> um, I think he might have defended Ethan Hawke against a yeah. bear. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yep, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And also against those bad guys, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dog definitely did some heroic things. Yeah. But it wasn't like an in general, yeah. like helping everyone kind of wolf yeah. dog. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was just specific, specifically bonded to Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's tell everyone what movie we watched this week. We watched a film called Waterland. Yes. Which is a prequel to Waterworld, of course. <laughs> you guys remember Waterworld? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it. It's great. Yeah, I've never seen it either, but I have been to the attraction at Universal mm. Studios so many fun. times. So fun. Yeah. I... Can't, can't wait until they replace that with screens. Ugh. What was it? I always just walked past him and was like, what is this? You never did, you never no. went? It's just, there it's was like a, a show. splash zone. It's a show. Oh. And, yeah, it's so based on the movie Kevin Costner. It's like... just in there splashing people <laughs> in it. He's just trapped in a tank. <laughs> Wait, what? Kevin Costner's just like in a tank and people go watch and he splashes them. Is that the attraction? No. <laughs> that would be amazing though if that was Kevin Costner's job. Just the to looks sit there. I'm getting right now. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's like you go and you sit down and then they. Thrilling. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a thrilling start, but then it gets more thrilling from there. And they splash buckets of water on you. Who's they? The, the, the cast. Lo- the, there the is like people. a large <laughs> cast yeah, a show. of actors. Yeah. Like okay. they, it's a, it's a... But also stunt performers. Yes. Oh, there are stunts. Are they on like rafts and stuff? Yes. Uh, yeah. So there's yeah. like like little, so like power, a little like speedboats. Yeah. And there's like a plane what? that like yeah. crashes Yeah. There's a plane through. that crashes down. Yeah. Yeah. And then explodes. Like it's amazing. It is so cool. It's really I funny. Not. Just it is the same. Past this. I don't know. It it's is the like same. Baffles me. It's the exact same show that it's always been. Because I've been a couple mm-hmm. of times. Like I went when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing. And it. I went recently. Whatever. Was, I, whenever we went. Yeah, like two years ago. And it was the same show. Yeah. Well, I'm at that age now where yeah, recently for is... theme parks for me is like mm-hmm. any time within the last ten years, and. It was just, I still thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's such it a holds cool up. Show. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so much regret. Check out the Waterland ride. Yeah, it's not a ride. It's a it's a show. Attraction at yeah. Universal, Universal Studios. Studios. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, they must have one in Orlando, too. Probably. It's probably bigger mm, and better. They don't? Oh, no, uh, our producer, so. producer, Jorge, says no. producer Jorge says no. They He's don't a theme it. park expert, so I trust yeah. him. Yeah. And I'm really excited for them to do a Waterland attraction. Oh, yeah. 
spoiler alert. Some incest and abortion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have, like, a content warning maybe at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Content warning, folks. This movie's fucked up. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah. CW does stand for content warning. It does? Not, like, the channel. Oh. (laughs) That would be insane. CW, like, on, um, if you're on Tumblr, if you tag something like, um, uh, you know, food CW, it's, like, you're protecting your you know, anorexic bulimic or whatever followers from right. seeing So food. what does the channel stand for? Uh, I have no idea. Let's Google it. I, well, because I remember when it came to be. Yeah, I do too. Um, Warner Brothers changed to Corner Women. <laughs> <laughs> Corner Women. <laughs> it's an abbreviation derived from the first letters of its two parent corporations, CBS and Warner Brothers. Oh. CBS oh. and Warner Brothers. Executive That's producer. Very fun. Thank you. Thanks, though. So, yeah, the movie we watched is called Waterland. 1992, directed by Stephen Gyllenhaal. Yes, father, father. of Maggie and Jake. Yep. Yeah. Did you catch that Maggie I Gyllenhaal sure cameo? I, I was looking down at the moment oh, for some reason. You fool. Yeah, and I, I, I screamed because well, Jonathan and I were watching together, and I just screamed, Maggie! <laughs> And then he missed it because it was only like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Stephen Gyllenhaal's uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. His highest rated movie was called A Dangerous Woman mm. with 55%. Ooh. And then Waterland with 53%, and then Grassroots with 50%. And those are his movies. Oh, but he made something called So Be It that got 40%. So. Wow. Highly acclaimed director. But he did an episode of Billions, the TV show, and it got 89%. So I think uh, he went to do some TV. Oh, he did a bunch of TV. Yeah, when I looked him up, he had a lot of, like, the Google credits. Twin Peaks, The Shield. Plentiful. Cool. Numbers. Oh, oh, I love rectified. numbers. Is it good? I've thought <gasps> about watching it because, but I'm really... I don't know if it would hold up is the thing, okay. but I watched it when it was on the air every week. Like it was, it came on Friday. It's so my parents and I would watch it. Uh-huh. And um, I, it, the premise at the time felt like genius. Like uh-huh. uh, it's, you know, two brothers, one of them's an FBI agent. The other one's a brilliant mathematician. Mm-hmm. Um, and their dad is played by Judd Hirsch. You know, can't go wrong. Um, and so the mathematician, David Krumholtz, like, Is you know. Bernard? From uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, yeah. slash the Santa Claus, yeah. Bernard. Yeah. He'll just always be Bernard, even if, you know. To me, he'll always be Charlie from Numbers. I mean, he's all of those things in my head, but I just always call him Bernard. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, David. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening. Yeah, David Krumholtz, we love you. Come on the show. Talk really to us about... I really do think you're great. You're in so many things. Yeah, he's in so many things. Um, but mostly numbers. Yeah. But so I anyways, love. I want to watch that show, but I'm scared too because... Why? I get really freaked out by, like, number magic. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember that scary Jim Carrey movie with numbers. Oh, number 23? Yeah. But that's not, it's not scary. He's just using math to solve crimes. Yes, but like, when number things work out in a magical, beautiful way. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that's just called math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like, 
freaks me out and I instantly start crying. (laughs) Well, then every time the preview for number 23 came on, Uh I was instantly crying. Wow. (laughs) I never even saw the movie. It just really freaks me out. Yeah. Wow. I can't help you then. Maybe you should avoid numbers. But it's not like, I just, I don't think it's like, it never really, I mean, it feels, it's incredible that he's able to use math to solve crimes, but it doesn't feel like miraculous, you know? Okay. okay. Well, I'll give it a shot and let, let you know. Okay. Yeah. But I also just don't know how well it would have held up because it's like from the early 2000s and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. But I do, his um, his girlfriend, uh, David Cromwell's girlfriend on that show, her name was Amita, and I always thought she was the coolest person of all time, and I just wanted to grow up and be like her. Nice. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> yeah. Also, there was, like, a very um, good unexpected relationship on that show. Mm. You know, it's like a, a hot FBI woman and, like, an older, like, nerdy math professor who worked with Charlie, and it... That's but, so fun. Yeah, it was, but they were totally meant to be and, like, really went well together, and I loved them a lot. Played right, by Peter Nichols, I think, was the Ooh. actor. And I can't remember who the woman was. Of course. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Harper hates yeah. women. I hate women. TK it's a... <laughs> Hashtag it. <coughs> tweet it. Sorry, guys. Snapchat okay, it. Lauren's dying, but she was nice enough to still agree to come on our show, despite dying. I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> so, we should say that Ethan Hawke is not the main character of Waterland. Yes, yes. I did not realize that going in. Yeah. No, he's not going to be the main character of every movie we watch. It's just that he has been so far. He has mostly been. Except for Dad. It's about society. Yeah, and Dead Poet Society, but he is the one that stands on the desk and says, oh, Captain, my captain sure. first, sure. which I think makes him a pretty major player. Sure, mm-hmm. but he's not the main character. Yeah, really. yeah. Yeah, so Ethan Hawke is not the main character in this. The main actor is Jeremy Irons, who... What? Nothing, no, go Oh, why don't you... Okay, we can't get into this on the air. Jeremy Irons. oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh-huh. Jonathan says iron in a very particular way that I think is very sweet and is not bad correct. at all, <laughs> but it is also not correct. Um, I'm going to just, from now on, just as protest for being made fun of on the air, uh, just eat tortilla chips on every episode. <laughs> like that one episode where I was eating tortilla chips. I can chips. quit this podcast. What? <laughs> wow. What I think your listeners would quit, quit the podcast. Yeah, oh, as they when you were eating ice, you were, like, chewing ice into no, the No, there was an episode where I was eating tortilla chips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was what crazy. I can't was remember that? what that was, but that was yeah. very frustrating for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so Jeremy Irons is uh, just a hot piece of 1980s <laughs> man, you know? Like. Yeah. Um, he plays uh, Charles Ryder in the original Brideshead Revisited miniseries. Um, he is in that weird movie where he plays twins, and one of them is a gynecologist, and the other one's a murderer. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I think that was... Ooh, I can't remember what that's called, but it's a weird movie. Woodwreck. 
Um, <laughs> and he what has a great arc on Law & Order SVU, um, where he plays a sex addict who turns into, who becomes a psychiatrist and starts a, um, a program to help other sex addicts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just, it, I mean, those are just the first three things that came to mind. <laughs> Um, oh, he was in The French Lieutenant's Woman, which I don't think is a great movie, but he's consistently a very good performer, like, even if the whatever he's in isn't great, he's just always the same quality, and I always really enjoy his Jeremy Ironsness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was really good in this movie. Yeah. You know. Agreed. <laughs> Deep thoughts over here. <laughs> yeah. No, he is good. I'm just jealous is all. <laughs> You're jealous because I think Jeremy Irons is hot. Yeah, he's like sixty now or something. Yeah, well, you know. It's fine. No, he must be older than that. He must be yeah, like almost eighty. Could he be almost no. eighty? No. How old is he now? Let's go. Cool so let's go seventy. Seventy. <laughs> Compromise. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. There's a lot of time between sixty, 60 and, and 80. eighty. That's true. It's 2019. Best year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons. 70. Is 70. Wow, good job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, interesting. His uh he is married to Sinead Cusack, who plays his oh. wife in this movie. <gasps> Whoa. I know. That's a how, fun fact. Uh, how long have they been married? Since nineteen seventy eight. So before the oh. well before this. Wow, that's a long ass time. Yeah. That's like fifty years. Mm-hmm. Almost forty. And I guess it would be their son together is in um the is John and Joan Cusack. Yeah, that's it. No, um, Max Irons, he's an actor, and he was he was in some stuff. He had, like, a like a hot moment, <laughs> um, I want to say, in like around 2014, where he did... He was in The Host, which was that other Stephanie oh, Meyer yeah, project. Oh, yeah, I watched that. Wait, now i got to Google his face. Was he the lead dude? No. Oh, he's... Um, okay. Yeah, he was in some stuff. Anyway, but, um, yeah, so Jeremy Irons and his wife is played by Sinead Cusack, his real-life wife. Oh, she, I know I know her from V for Vendetta. Yes, yeah, she's the doctor in V for Vendetta. Yeah. I love the name Sinead. Yeah, it's really it's good. Cool. Love it's I love Irish. Irish names. Me too. All the like ones that Siobhan. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Saoirse. Uh-huh. They're always hard to pronounce. Sean. <laughs> Sean. Sean, classic. <laughs> S E A N. So, Jeremy Irons is a history teacher, um, yeah. inexplicably British, living in America. That takes place in Pittsburgh in uh-huh. the 1974, and he he teaches a history class, but he seems to be uh, diverting from the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He sure is. Um, he starts telling his students all about his troubled youth, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Just his whole life story. Yeah, his whole life story. And I kept being like, why? <laughs> yeah. No, for real. It was uh, too much information. Mm-hmm. Definitely crossing some lines. I know it was the 70s, but... They did, like, call that out, though. Like, the students were like, um, Mr. Irons, <laughs> TMI, I don't need to know about the eel that you put down those girls' panties. <laughs> Ew, I said panties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Ethan Hawke says panties maybe yeah, in the movie. Yeah, they do. Yeah, someone said it. Yeah. What's the correct terminology? Underpants. Underpants? <laughs> Underwear. 
Yeah, undergarments. Knickers. Yeah. Ew, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. Unless a British person is saying it. Knickers. Yeah. Oh, that was not good. That was close to something else. Exactly. It's really. Ooh, yikes. I think yeah. about that a lot. Yeah. Because I watch a lot of British content, as you know. Uh-huh. And I do a double take pretty often. I'm like, what'd they just say? It's like that word for that word for laughing. That sounds like the n-word oh sniggers yeah oh, i was like yeah. chortle it's bad yeah on um chortle yeah Chortles. jk rowling uses oh the yeah. word that for laughing uh-huh. a lot yeah and it's uh not great just like how she uses the word gropes a lot like why oh yeah yeah. That's a good call. This isn't an original thought. This is not an original thought of mine. I listened to Potterless. Well, it's the first I've heard it. Mike so. Schubert thought. Shouts out to Mike Schubert again. I just edited <laughs> another episode where I talked about him for like five minutes. Yeah, and he still hasn't come on the podcast. I know. What is his problem? I emailed him. Oh, nice. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I emailed him and um, his his co-host from Horse Hoop. From Hor- it's called Horse, but their, their handle is Horse Hoops. Mm. Um. It's a it's a basketball podcast. That's fun. Yeah, and I like them a lot. Um, so Mike, his, Eric, like, come on the show. What's his like other job? Oh, <laughs> Mike Schubert. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, he was he a from? he was an engineer, but um, oh. he had enough success with Potterless and Horse that he just went full time. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's cool. He's living, living the, the dream. dream. Jinx. 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 <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> oh, been two jinxes so far. Jinx, jinx, jinx. Yeah. Back in middle school, mm-hmm. do you, do do you guys ever have chortles, the little chocolate candy? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, there was this. Maybe it was only sold in my middle school. There was this candy. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> yeah. By the students. By sixth grader. They made it in that tunnel underneath. underneath yeah. Underneath by high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sorry. This, high school. I thought you were talking about middle school. Uh, middle school. Sorry. Yeah. Middle school. I'm. I meant middle school. Oh, okay. This was in middle school. There were these little, like, cookie, like, little mini cookie. They had sort of the crumbly consistency of cookies, but they were, like, little bite-sized, like, little tiny, like, the size of, like, a chocolate chip, uh, chocolate chip. And they were, like, little cookie bites. Hmm. And they were called chortles. And they were used as currency. (laughs) Because you couldn't use actual money, you know. We had wampum in third grade. What is that? Uh, just my third grade teacher on his own decided to invent a money system. I think that was the grade we like learned about money. Uh-huh. And um <laughs> and so he had a bunch of um like dried lima beans and he'd spray paint them different colors and those were so they wampum. had different values. Yeah, so they had different values That's and amazing. obviously like it went from like red, blue, yellow, silver, gold, mm-hmm. like all the way up. And then you could, like, buy stuff. I don't remember what it was. Or you could, like, trade them for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the chortles were just used, like, for to have more chortles. Like, it was like a prison-type system. <laughs> where you just, me, sorry. That was, like, that was like surround sound, like, echo chamber sneezing. Um, just to have more chortles. Like, and you would, I think what you would, I think it was, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. Like those kinds of things. Like people would be betting <laughs> chortles on like Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever. <laughs> and those like Pokemon cards. It's a really funny word. And uh, yeah, it was like a cigarette, uh, like cigarettes in prison. Mm-hmm. I read this interesting article about how 
the new prison currency is ramen packs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They ta- they incorporated that on um, last season of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Just that because ramen's thing. so delicious. Well, <laughs> it, there's like a lot of things you can do with it. So like, there's That's like true. a prison burrito, which is like ramen, and you put some other stuff, and then you make it into 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 a meal. So wow. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like probably better tasting than prison food. Yeah. yeah. Pretty fascinating stuff. It is Waterland. Yeah, not to <laughs> not to bring this party down, but um, let's talk about this movie. Great. Um, there was once one shot of Jeremy Irons. He was like walking with the other teacher, um, his his other male teacher friend, um, Kevin McAllister's dad. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Um. So they were, like, walking next to each other, and all the students were, like, walking past them. This was just before the Maggie Gyllenhaal um, thing. But, mm-hmm. there's like, that shot, like, really specifically reminded me of a shot from A Single Man, where Colin Firth is walking with, um, I think, maybe Lee Pace. And so they're, like, walking side by side, and there are, like, students walking around them, and it's a very similar-looking shot. I'll try to post it on the Instagram. He so should have a show see. called Pacing with Lee Pace. Pacing what yourself? Like back and forth. No, you're just, oh, like, just you're just pacing. Yeah, like him and a guest. They just pace back they and just forth pace and, and talk. They just talk. Yeah. I'll just walk and talk. Yeah, yeah. but in a like back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a small space. Mm-hmm. So you feel really anxious watching it. Yeah. And they go faster and faster <laughs> as the questions get more deep. Yeah. Well, that's fun. They can like go like ones. up for a Pride and Prejudice turn about the room. Mm-hmm. I love, that's one of my favorite Jane Austen things, is just that people get up and take walks around the rooms. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. What a fascinating time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you had to have enough rooms to do that. Oh, no, man, they were bored Or just fuck. do more reps, <laughs> if you have less rooms. More reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I mean, I've only ever seen them do it in fancy houses. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to have a lot of memories. (laughs) If I had, like, a giant house, I'd probably, like, walk around it a lot. I mean, Uh, I walk around this house a lot, but that's just, like, to go pee or whatever. I grew up in a pretty gigantic house, and it was a pain in the ass. And famously, my my childhood friends will not let me forget how they'd often call the landline, because I'm old, and we didn't (laughs) have cell phones, and my dad would answer, and they'd be like, hi, is Lauren there? And then he'd be like, uh, hold on. Uh, I think she went somewhere. Bye. Like, we would do that all the time just so we wouldn't have to go find Amazing. the person on, like, a different floor. Just too far. Or, like, if people would call for my dad, I'd full-on be like, uh, I don't think he's here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's downstairs. Can you call back later? Bye. That's incredible. You guys should have had, like, an intercom system. Yeah. Or, like, transfer. I mean, that let me transfer nice, you. But there's, you know, is that how is that how you talked? Operator, fetch oh, me Bresnahan. If I was cool, I would have. <laughs> we still can. There's still time. We should bring that back. That accent. Yeah, that way of talking. Mm-hmm. Transatlantic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> Damn. Harsh. <laughs> So Ethan Hawke is one of <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons' students. <laughs> he is. And he's got like a real 
problem with the world. Yeah. He's yeah. Well, a real he, chip you know that because he wears shoulder. the leather jacket. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's and because he he sits. Uh, I was just about to do it, but you can't see this. But he sits like, like leaning as far back as he possibly can, with like his legs as pushed as forward as he can. Mm-hmm. So in, in the his, back of the classroom, in, yeah, back of the classroom, like his arms like crossed or like kind of defiantly like you know yeah. settled on the on the desk and he just really is like not about this history class mm-hmm. it's like what's the point oh actually i wrote this down because i thought it might be a contender for one of my most ethan hawk quotes of the of the movie Ooh, oh nice that's um, a yeah that's a that's a thing that we do oh is i okay if it's it might be the same quote that i i wrote down but go for it okay he says and this is like right at the beginning of the movie basically he says uh the only thing interesting i see about history is that it's about to end yeah yeah that's what i had too that was i think that was like his first line in the movie yeah what's the point of learning this and then Mm -hmm. that's what he says yeah but it was uh, it's always weird to me when i watch like older things where like they think that's the end of time where it's like now we're like no it's really now is the end of history yeah they don't know (laughs) they don't even know so I think that, one, Jeremy Irons is just kind of losing his marbles a little bit, and that's what's leading him to tell his life story. But also, he's like, you want to know what's so interesting about history? Let me tell you. I was a kid during World War II. You know, this history is real life. Like, yeah. I, it's not just history. history. I lived it. Yeah. Yeah. Way to relate to kids. Mm-hmm. Make yourself seem older. <laughs> yeah, well, because also, at the beginning, is it before school part where he's like walking through the house with all the wallpaper and hear the baby crying Mm -hmm. yeah and there's a lot of one type of wallpaper on like every room on every floor and that was fascinating to me (laughs) oh yeah i didn't even take note of the wallpaper resident resident wallpaper critic (laughs) yeah what did it look like it was like a geomet it was like white with a brown geometric pattern and it was hmm just kind of like traditional but it was like a bold print to have on every wall Mm -hmm. in every room (laughs) yeah there was a different floral like upstairs in one of the bedrooms (laughs) but anyways that'll be important later (laughs) oh the not the crying baby in the house yeah oh yeah cool the movie actually opens with him walking around the house and he hears a crying baby and he's trying to figure out and you don't really know why that's happening Mm -hmm. and then it happens again at the end of the movie and you know why yeah but i was like oh i forgot that even happened yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so he's telling the kids about his youth and it's a little wild like he's Mm -hmm. uh talking about it was him and his like boyfriends and then like a girl that they were friends with were doing they had like a kind of show me mine i'll show you yours thing Mm -hmm. but then she like made them all swim so you know as a dare to see who could go the farthest and it was and one of them puts an eel down her underwear as we mentioned Uh her panties (laughs) as ethan hawk said um and um that's interesting because I was looking at, um, I was just scrolling through Google Images for this movie earlier, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was from, this is based on a novel, so a lot of the images oh. were from the book cover, which, and there are a bunch of different covers, like I think it had a bunch of different editions, mm. um, but one of the covers I saw was just an eel. Oh. <laughs> which I thought What's was... What's that mean? Well, just, you know, that was like, I guess the standout thing for the publisher was that eel scene. Nice. 
Um, but also the eel comes up later again when she, um, so young Jeremy Irons, when he's young, he has a brother who's mm. uh, mentally handicapped. Dick. Um, named Dick. Yeah. And he is like fishing for eel later on in the movie. Oh, and yeah. she, yeah, and she also asks him for one of the eels so that, um, like for eating purposes. Right. So, um, so the eel is a recurring image theme throughout. I watched some weird travel show once about how like eel pies used to be really popular in some towns Mm -hmm. and then you know they went out of fashion as like peasant food or whatever and then there was like you know some hipster restaurant in London (laughs) bringing back the eel pie Mm -hmm. looked gross yeah that's all (laughs) I like eel You've had eel? What? You've had eel? Oh, it's well, a like good a, common, like, like sushi. A, a sushi. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking I like of... the eels, too. Oh, wow. Mm. The band yeah. eels. It's been a while, though. Yeah, I've listened to him in a while. It's been a while. <laughs> okay, we can't. No, we can't do it. It's been a while. It's That's already a thing. On, if you guys want to. Are you talking REM Remy? <laughs> Shout out, Adam Scott. Scott Wait, what's. Arkman, oh, it's been podcast. a while is a thing yeah. on there? Oh, really? It's been a while is a, th- a thing on Gilmore Guys, too. Oh, I think it's just a thing. I think it's just a thing. Oh, just a thing. Oh, okay. just a thing. Oh, well, let's get all of them together. Scott Ackerman, Adam Scott, the Gilmore Guys. Kevin T. Porter and Kevin Demi Adichuebe. Yes. I feel like. Yeah. Like, has. Maybe not. I was going to say, has Demi been on. Demi was on Scott Ackerman's show. What was that? What's that? Uh, Comedy Bing Bang, Comedy but the Bing podcast. Bang. Oh, yeah. It seems like everyone's been on that show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's like 500 million episodes of it. It's been yeah. on for like 35 years. Yeah. Great. We're getting everyone on the show. I also want Caroline from Good Christian Fun. She's part mm. of the family. Yes. The Kevin T. Porter Extended Cinematic Universe. universe. Yeah. <laughs> the Kevin T. Porter <laughs> Universe. Wow, I love that so much. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, and then there's, he tells all the students about the time that he had sex on a train with, with his girlfriend, the girl. Yeah, Mary. Mary. Who is his. Yes, Lena Headey. Lena Headey, which I saw her name in the credits, mm-hmm. and then I was watching her for like a full 15 minutes before. I was like, she has great hair. And then I <laughs> <laughs> looked up the IMDb and was like, oh, it's Cersei Lannister. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, producer Jorge mm. just brought up that she's been in multiple incest projects. Yeah, she loves it. Can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> Lena Headey, come on the show. Yeah, we, we love you, Lena. This. Ooh, come on for our episode fa- about the purge. That fact stands until you come on and refute it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how podcasts We'll need more mics yeah. to have all these people on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to rent some studio space also. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lena Headey is also in The Purge with Ethan Hawke. So nice. some, little, some crossover there. Not that she and Ethan Hawke are in any scenes together in this movie, but... Um, That's true. It is the same movie. So. Oh, yeah, the train. Yeah, they diddle on a train. Yeah, they do diddle on the train. Yes, and then it made me wonder. Uh-huh. Do you think there were sexy times on the Hogwarts Express? A hundred percent. Did you not... You're not like a fan fiction person, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, well, obviously, I'm missing something. <laughs> we were talking about one time what uh, what magic job we would want in 
in in ho- in the Hogwarts in the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter universe. universe yeah. mm-hmm. And my response was uh, the train conductor. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gabby was like, "You know, there are train conductors in real life." <laughs> <laughs> Because it's basically just a normal Yeah, train. it's just a job. Yeah, that's It just really goes funny. on a track and that's it. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, yeah. So, like, uh-huh. obviously they go back for their eighth year. Draco is head boy and Hermione is head girl. And they're, like, in the head boy and girl carriage together. Oh, wow. And, and then, they, and then they, some head yeah. happens. <laughs> uh, classic. Yep. Yeah, or but I mean, there's many variations on that theme. Yeah, in the fan fiction world. Juicy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a. I was gonna say, find me on my my other podcast, but there is already a podcast called Pod Erotica that exists. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not needed here. So yeah, so he's telling all this stuff about like. Uh, diddling on a train. Diddling mm-hmm. on a train and, like, you know, the naked swimming and the eel and all that stuff. Yeah. And it cuts back to the president and all the, like, students are, like, giggling. Mm-hmm. Except for Ethan Hawke is taking him very seriously. <laughs> and he's, like, rolling his eyes at how immature all the other students are. You know, arms crossed. Yeah, I was very charmed by all those Pittsburgh kids being, they just kept saying, doing it. (laughs) 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 You guys were doing it. (laughs) Just really chuckled. I chortled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so then, but like at a certain point, the storytelling changes and they're not just like in the classroom anymore. It's Mm. like he's like taking them back in time with him. Yeah, they're doing a magic. Um, It's like magic school bus. Yeah, it feels just like that. Yeah, but it was magical convertible with, yeah. like, raised seating that was, I was blown away by this car. <laughs> yeah, I was very confused for a minute if they were really there. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote I, I wrote too. down a note, and I was like, what did I say? Oh, I'm sorry, I realized I made a <laughs> notebook noise. It's okay, I've made some notebook noises in this episode. Yeah. Oh, I wrote down, they're doing that thing where they're all back in time with him and he's showing them around. And then my next note was, or is it a real field trip? And then my next note after that was, no, it can't be. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that all down on my moleskin. Moleskin, sponsor us. Yeah, I um, wrote down a note about, I think, the scene. I just thought to myself, is Ethan Hawke too old officially to be playing high school at this mm, point? Because something about him seemed a little too old mm. for me. For like someone who's supposed to be like probably sixteen, I, I think it was he. Fine. I think he would have been twenty-one or twenty-two at this point. Which I mean, I know we're in like a post-Glee world where Corey Monteith was the same age as uh, William Morrison, but uh-huh. is that his name? Yeah, yeah, William. No. Morrison. Matthew Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're like they were the same age, but one of them was playing a student, and the other one was playing a teacher, and you know, I just shouldn't really think too hard about it. But mm-hmm. I, I do feel like Ethan Hawke was like transitioning to more of an adult look. Yeah, I was a little time. surprised actually because we've watched like seven movies now, and then yeah. he was still like a high school student type situation because mm-hmm. he was one in uh, DPS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dead Poets Society, which would have been filmed like probably four or five years before. Mm-hmm. So, which isn't that much. It's not too much time, but yeah. I do think he's definitely aged between then and now. Yeah, this is this. He's he approaching looks, the cusp. Yeah, 
Anyway, so back in the present, he's still telling, uh, he's, uh, oh, he's telling them about, he's teaching them about guillotines uh, back in the present, and then he just kind of abruptly stops, and he starts, like, launching back into his, like, own family history again. Um, uh, And one, and the, like, one of the girl students is like, are you gonna, are you still talking about guillotines, or are you not anymore? Because I, like, want to know if I need to start a new page of notes, and I thought that was so real. <laughs> yeah. And then Ethan Hawke was, like, picking on her for saying yeah, that. Yeah, for basically. being a he was, like, square. He was, like, from the back, from the back, he was like, shut up! <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. um, I wrote down that Ethan Hawke is the Lauren Hill of this class. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sister, Sister Act 2. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah. All because of you, Lauren. You're w- welcome. Wouldn't have seen it without you. <laughs> yeah, and then also another weird thing happens in that scene where uh, Jeremy Irons like looks out at the class and he, the girl that had asked the question about the, about the note taking and the guillotine, like he looks at her and suddenly she's like topless, like he's just seeing her. Oh, like, yeah, I missed that. Part. Yeah, yeah that and then trippy. and then he goes back. It cuts back to him and then back to her and her shirt's back oh. on. But he was having was he, some kind was of. Was he seeing? The young Mary? Is that what it was? But it wasn't Mary. It was. Oh, a, it wasn't. I think it, maybe he was like conflating them. He was just thinking about boobies. Yeah, he was just <laughs> thinking about boobies. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I remembered a plot point. Okay. <laughs> Please talk okay. about the plot. <laughs> so then he has all the kids back in time with him, sort mm-hmm. of. And they're like walking through the house he grew up in. Was it the big house or, or the small house? Oh, the big house. Yeah, so it's so like his grandpa's the... house yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And um, then he starts talking about his mom and his grandpa. Yeah. And alludes to them having a weird relationship. Yeah. And yeah. the grandpa, or was that his dad? Oh, maybe. I think his dad was the priest from Romeo and Juliet. Oh. Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when they, like, alluded to the weird relationship between the mom and the grandpa, immediately my first thought was, like, oh, like, his older brother is actually his grandpa's son from, like, uh-huh. an incest son. And, yeah, I thought that, and too. And that's why, you know. Um, yeah, and call me a gossip queen, but that was the first part where I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's not just, like, weird stories from this old guy trying too hard to be a cool teacher. <laughs> That's what it ended up being. Yeah. It ended up being that his mentally challenged brother was his... His uncle and his brother. His uncle brother. His uncle brother. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard enough time, like, following, like, regular familial connections. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'll I'll scratch my head for a second about, like, cousin versus nephew. And once you throw incest into the mix, it just makes things so much harder. Yeah. Because you're both. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> um, it. This, this, the, like, the concept of him talking about his, like, personal family history in every class reminded me a lot of um, this AP statistics class I took in high school. Uh, no incest stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sexual. But I did feel like there was some, I'm not going to say my teacher's name, but I do feel like there was some inappropriate storytelling for sure. Like, he, his whole point was, like, he told his stories from college because it was mostly mm-hmm. seniors in this class, and he wanted to, like, prepare us for what college life was going to be like by telling us stories about yeah yeah and he told us about how he lived on like the fourth story of an apartment building and they lived in um like champaign illinois because he was a yeah and like middle 
out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a fun name. Um, and so there's not a lot to do, but he like lived on the fourth floor with his and, and he and his roommates like built a four story bong. <laughs> like they built a bong so that they could like someone was down at the bottom lighting it and they were up at the top smoking it. And That's so, so, so cool. just need so much suction. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Or do you think it I don't just know by how it if it being I mean, just being closed, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, yeah, narrow enough. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but anyway, it just reminded me of that and all of, like, the many college stories. Yeah. Yeah, You know, that we probably didn't need to hear from him. Yeah. I only remember, like, this is another tangent, but one weird story from a teacher, which was actually probably a good, it was, like, warning to the youth. About how when he was, like, 16, he was being really stupid, and him and his friends, like, on Halloween, like, went out and were shooting at trick-or-treaters with BB guns. Mm. Jesus. And one of the, like, someone got hit, and it, like, pierced their skin, which is, like, technically kind of, like, legally like similar shooting to someone. shooting yeah. someone, and yeah. he got in, like, a ton of legal trouble and blah, 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 Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of deserve it. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, it was so dumb, don't be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But People do crazy lesson. shit with BB guns. Yeah. But it's like, they're real guns. Yeah. With, like, little pallets. Uh-huh. Like, it, yeah. It's crazy. I'll shoot your eye out. So, Jeremy Irons, his teenage self... Um, he has this relationship with uh, Lena Headey, yes. and um, but she's kind of like not totally present in their relationship. It seems like, and she's she's clearly going off with someone else, but he doesn't really know who it is until he well, but he figures out that she's like kind of she's coming on to his brother Dick yeah. as well. Yes, but earlier she was like, I think your brother is following me. Yeah. And best advice of all time, he's like, oh, well, you should just talk to him. Just talk to your stalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because he just was like, you know, my brother's harmless. Like, just don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But was he? Exactly. Do you yeah. ever really know anyone? You've <laughs> <laughs> been listening to too many true crime. I know yeah. I have, you guys. Yeah, so basically he's like, She's like, oh, he. I think he says, like, oh, don't you think that he should learn about girls or something like that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're right. And then he finds out that she tried to have sex with him. Yeah. With her, but with his, his brother. dick was too big. Yeah. That's what she says. Yeah. And then. Dick's dick too big? He's like, he's like, damn, it's not what I had in mind, fam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> There was a brief second where I was like, is that why they named him Dick? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, there was a dick joke in there. But we can just move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not getting edited out. Um, Staying in. Yeah, Um, and then she gets pregnant. Yeah, she gets pregnant by Jeremy, young Jeremy Irons. Yeah, and then Dick And he keeps pretending it's not real. And I was like, bruh, don't be a turd. (laughs) And then Dick thinks that that it was um well because oh. he she mm-hmm. yeah he she, he knows that she's pregnant dick knows that she's pregnant yeah. and um she explains that it's not from him because yeah. he doesn't and he gets really, mad yeah and he get and because he, he doesn't understand how like sex works yeah mm. he yeah so then she just says that freddie this other friend of theirs yes. from childhood is yes. the father mm-hmm. and so freddie is like uh he's an alcohol smuggler 
Mm-hmm. He seems um, like a real cad. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so he's he seems like a kind of easy person to blame, except for then he sh- he turns up dead. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the right side of it. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, you were okay. close. It maybe I almost me. did womp womp. Uh, yeah. A two womp yeah. womp. Or a, I, I think this know. was a two womp situation. We weren't that infested in Freddy. Yeah, that's true. If we really cared about him, it'd be a three womp. Okay, but I think what I was going for was dun dun dun. Oh, yeah. Dun dun dun. Okay. I think it's still a two done though. Dun dun. No, wait. No, that sounds like dun 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 Okay. I guess we're paying for it. I would love to see this in a court of law. Being like, look, it's exactly the same. You owe me money. Yeah. yeah. Come at us, Dick Wolf. <laughs> we'll give a fuck. We'll fight anyone. Dick Wolf, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah. He... We love Dick Wolf. Yeah, he's like spends all his time just to, like guest teaching at UC Santa Barbara. That's cool. Yeah, there's like a, there's a. I saw there was like a room with his his name on it in Law and Order font. Oh, that's so funny. Nice. Yeah, in Santa Barbara. Anyway, so when Freddie showed up dead, I wrote Freddie Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and those are the kinds of contributions you can expect from me. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a big, there's a big confrontation. I didn't take notes on this part because I think I actually kind of got into the movie at this point, mm-hmm. so I was too distracted to take notes. But there's a big confrontation between uh, Jeremy Irons and his brother, or young Jeremy Irons. Yeah, not played by yeah, Jeremy. Irons, not played but... by Jeremy Irons. I can't. I don't know the actor's name, but um. His teen self and his brother Dick, where he for, he reveals to Dick that he's the child of their of his grandfather and yeah the Dick and is the mother uh, uncle brother yeah is that before or after he tells him the baby's his it's around it's in the same scene I think okay and and so then he gets really mad and he runs off. And then into the water and then gets a boat or something. Oh, no, that's the next morning. I don't know. Yeah, this whole scene kind of worked together. Yeah, there was a convoluted plot about a secret key and a chest and secret beer from World War I or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, does the beer go bad? And then then (laughs) there's a long fight. And then Dick, like, runs off and, like, steals... A boat, and yeah. then just starts stripping. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. they're trying to come after him. Um, yeah, and then he jumps into the water, and then he never come. He doesn't come up for a long time, and you think maybe he's just like that good of a swimmer because uh-huh. at the beginning he swims really far underwater. Swim good. Yes, swim good. And um, but come on the show, Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah, Frank Ocean, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> what if Frank Ocean's just a really big Ethan Hawke fan? Wouldn't be surprised. I believe it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but then he never comes up, and so it's likely that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we move back to the present, where either, um, Jeremy Irons' wife has kidnapped a baby. 
Yes, we finally flash back to the very beginning, walk through mm-hmm. the house with the wallpaper scene, and there's yeah. a crying baby. Well, there's a reason that she stole the baby, and it's because oh, she yeah, got we pregnant. Oh, yeah, the whole abortion oh. thing. Oh, God, yeah, the abortion whole thing was, she was so bad. We see that after the yeah. stolen baby thing, though. Oh, do we? So, kind of throughout the movie, she keeps... Oh, yeah, okay, so current day Mary keeps telling people that she's pregnant yes yeah and yes jeremy irons like he keeps having to like diffuse this yeah yeah like, no we got a puppy yeah. so uncomfortable yeah wow, 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 wow one of the first scenes in the movie is him telling her forget it you're never gonna get pregnant yeah and we don't really know what that's about until later right 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 and then yeah and then we see in the past that she did get pregnant at some point and then this whole kerfuffle with the brother happens and then we flash back to present day and the crying baby in the house. And he finally, like, goes into the room and she's, like, dressing this little baby. And mm-hmm. he's like, where'd you get it? And, and she like, says, God. <gasps> yeah, she keeps insisting that the baby's from God. Yeah. yeah. This was a really but then eventually scene. she's like, pay and save. <laughs> or yeah. shop and save. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Got a discount baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free 99. <laughs> <laughs> And then they get, and then they go take the baby back, and he says, "Oh, we found it in front of the school, or whatever." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, I'm a teacher. We found it in front of the school," and she's like, "You can see her like kind of resisting, letting go of the baby." Yeah. And then he like sort of carries her away, and they go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess after that we go back to the past, and you see like she goes to like basically like I a don't witch's... actually think that happens until like later. Really? Yeah. What there's happens? the abortion. Yeah. The yeah we don't see that until later because I have notes what between. Hap- what happens in between that? Um. Uh, Jeremy Irons gets he's he he's retiring because like, oh, he really got yeah, fired yeah, yeah, yeah. for like telling the students this insane story, mm-hmm. and um and so then he goes out to a bar with Ethan Hawke. Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, they play pool together, um and then the bartender's like, "Are you sure this kid's 18? And then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he's my son." Oh and yeah, like, and then there was like a moment. Yeah, some tension. <laughs> yeah. Was there something about Ethan Hawke loving math? Oh, yeah. He was doing, so like, late they, night math. Yeah, that's oh, the reason they end up going yeah, to the bar yeah, together, because Jeremy Irons is just standing around outside of school. He Ethan Hawke comes out. He loves math history. And, and then he's like, oh, I was at math. I was doing extra math. And Jeremy Irons is like, you were doing extra math, but you won't even put a little effort into history. And yeah, you're like, cheating on yeah, me just like Mary. Math. <laughs> math makes sense, man. Yeah. Um, and so I did write down another Ethan Hawke quote, uh, another contender, um, from this from this scene where he's talking about um, how Jeremy Irons was telling them the story about his life. And so he says, I thought you were doing it for us, and I was like, give me a break. But then I realized it was for you, and I thought that was okay. Yeah, and yeah, then Jeremy so Irons like, is like, I was doing it for you. Yeah, it was like, it just, it, I felt like it was... Um, a very compassionate view mm-hmm. of the situation, which struck me as being very Ethan Hawke. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, and then, okay, so then Jeremy Irons gives his, like, the retirement speech. The big insane speech. speech. Which, yeah. then <sighs> was he telling everyone yeah, about... Yeah, he was telling it? everyone about the abortion. <gasps> <gasps> he was finishing... That's when they all... That's when we learn about the abortion. Yeah. Because he... 
finishes his story in front of the entire school. Like, most of these kids don't even, like, have this guy as a teacher. Yeah. But he's sure, like, this is the time sure for you all moment, to hear the end. the principal and, like, vice principal were looking at each other like, yeah, we made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> if that was real life, though, I think he would have been, like, tackled to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Mid-story and, like, escorted yeah. away. Yeah. So, yeah, so then he tells the story of how he and Mary go to this, like... It's, like a, it's, like it's basically like a, like a witch's hut. Yeah. Like, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah there's, like, taxidermy animals all yeah, over the place, yeah. and it's, like, in the middle of a marsh. Yeah. Like, yeah. it feels, like, very unclean, mm-hmm. very dangerous. Yeah, for sure. And um, so, yeah, so the, like, woman sets her on a chair and... Um, like and spreads her legs open and then pu- pulls the curtain back so that he can't see, um, and then he she puts a candle next to her so that if when when the abortion hurts she could like just put her hand on the candle yeah. and like burn herself so that yeah. would hurt more but it definitely did not hurt more because she's just screaming yeah yeah that's and it's awful me a lot and then <laughs> and then he runs out and just like vomits in the in the field yeah then he like looks behind the curtain which I was yeah. not expecting and then runs outside. Yeah. yeah, and he's, like, just lying his face down in the marsh. And yeah. then you see old Jeremy Irons come and look down at young Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Irons. Jeremy yeah. Irons. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. And that's why safe abortions should be legal. Yeah, it yeah. was really the horrifying. End. And I yeah. just am very scared for the fate of our country and specifically all of the women right now in the four states where abortion is basically illegal um like functionally Mm -hmm. it is illegal and there's gonna be like for you know it's gonna take a while to like undo that Mm -hmm. so that's gonna be probably about a year's worth of women with unwanted pregnancies that are gonna be forced to do um you know dangerous things to themselves in order to prevent the pregnancy or undo that pregnancy so it's really horrible this is a bad time um support yellow fund i think is what they're called i'll look that up yellow yellow something yellow bird fund yeah yellow fund on instagram i think they're called yellow bird something and the aclu is also fighting the good fight in alabama today Yellow Hammer Fund. Yellow oh, Hammer Fund. So Thank you. Yeah. Yet so far. Yeah. Um, all right. So how do we feel that this movie compared to other movies we've watched? I, I don't know. You have you saw Dead Poets Society and White Fang, which is two movies <laughs> that we saw. A lot of his movies feel pretty literary. Yeah. Mm. Really. this one did, too. Yeah. Yeah, the other one, the last one we watched was uh, <laughs> Midnight Clear. That was also based yeah. on that awful and felt yeah. like it. Yeah, um, for sure. I think that one did it more effectively. Yes. Because I agree. it realized that you can't put everything that's in a book in a movie. Mm-hmm. And this, I think this movie tried to put everything that was in the book mm-hmm. in the movie. Totally. There was just so much happening, like, constantly. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit hard to, there was, like, the constant, like, uh, voiceover monologue. And, like, it was just a lot. Yeah, moving yeah. back through, like, time, back yeah. and forth through time with different people, which, yeah, I could totally see how that would make perfect sense in a book, but mm-hmm. it was a little hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah, it was complicated. I think the only one that didn't feel literary at all was um, Mystery Date. Oh, yeah. Which felt board gamey. <laughs> <laughs> 
we've got a real nerd on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, Explorers didn't really oh, Explorers. feel. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have no notes in this for that movie mm, in this yeah. book, so. Yeah. Oh, you guys, we forgot to mention. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. That Mary leaves him, and then. Oh, yeah. Um, Which I just thought was wild because they'd, like, literally been together their entire lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, after that whole thing with the kidnapping, of she the leaves baby him. and stuff. Oh, and then, yeah. the, the you know, ends, maybe that's right? why he feels like he needs to tell everyone mm-hmm. in the world about his entire life story with Mary. Yeah. yeah. Because he's processing the end of their relationship. Yeah. Wait, so does she Oh, leave but at him? the end, at the very end, he goes back to, and he sees her oh. at the marsh where she had the abortion. Yeah, and she's yeah. wandering. He's like, oh, I know where she is. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they're probably both in a state of reflection about that whole situation. Yes. And so it brings them both back to where it started. The Waterland. The Waterland. Get yes. it? Got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it, you guys. We talked about the movie. Yeah. Great. Great. How do we How do we feel about Ethan Hawke's performance specifically? It didn't blow me away. Yeah, it was fine. One, it was fine. Yeah, I it's think it was a little his, bit over overperformed. Yeah, because he he wasn't that dimensional. I mean, he changes a little bit. I just think that like compared to a Midnight Clear, like watching this made me really feel like his performance in a Midnight Clear was strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that one, um, it's about he's he's a, in a World War Two. Um, he's in American troops in World mm. War Two, and so he's with like a small a small group because most of their men have like died already, and it's just kind of about them towards the end of the war. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah. he's pretty good in that. He's like the one that kind of has his shit together the most out of the group. Yeah, as still. a classic Gary Sinise. Yeah, in a war Gary movie Sinise messed up in war. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a solid so, movie. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I couldn't really. I guess he says it. He kind of explains it at the end with that line that you read in the bar. But mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't really understand why like he was so negative in the beginning, and then like kind of halfway through the movie decides that he gives a shit. That he gives a shit, and that he's gonna go on these like trips to the past <laughs> with this teacher and walk yeah. around like old timey. England. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, still pretty clear that he doesn't really care about the history aspect of it. Yeah. Like, because in that one scene, I don't think we really talked about this, but there's one scene where he takes them back in time to, like, World War One when yeah. the when the brewery is burning down, where the beer comes from that you mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, and so all he, he, he's like, have fun, kids. Like, all the kids are going to run around in, in the past, in the, you know, the yeah. 1915 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Ethan Hawke doesn't run around like everyone else. He just stays with Jeremy Irons because he wants to just know what Jeremy Irons is thinking about and experiencing. Mm. So it's more of an interpersonal thing than it is a history thing for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we I don't think we gave much... Well, no, we gave a little bit. Of... It's directed by Stephen Gyllenhaal. Uh, we said that... Oh, yeah, I didn't talk uh, about reviews at all. Yeah. It had a box office of $1 million. One hundred dollars, I mean one hundred thousand, one million one hundred thousand, and it was written by the screenplay was written by Peter Prince, and the novel was written by Graham Swift. Let's see if we know Graham Swift from anything else. Uh, nope, not really. 
Cool. Um, Roger Ebert gave it two and a half out of four stars. Sounds um, about right. Yeah. Might have gone for like a two, personally. Mm-hmm. But um, he, I was reading this review earlier today. I just pulled it back up again. I was curious if, like, at the time it was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. check out this artsy movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it does have that sort of seriousness that critics gravitate towards sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, Roger Ebert said, uh, the strange fact about Waterland is the way the performances and the dialogue are worthier than the story itself. I do not consider the events in this movie much more than contrived melodrama. And I'm fuzzy about some of the modern details, such as Crick's liking for a difficult student played by Ethan Hawke. Mm. But I responded strongly to the mystery of the Fenlands and the exuberance of the two young actors, Lena Headey and Grant Warnock, who played young Mary and Tom. Yeah. Jeremy yeah. Irons is somehow able to hold the whole construction together. His pain and his entrapment in the past are completely convincing, but the movie is less than the sum of its parts. Mm. Which I think is a pretty astute assessment of this movie. Agreed. Roger Ebert doing it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, who was that other guy that you? Oh, Vincent Canby. I looked it up. It, well, he didn't review it. He didn't review it. Okay. Yeah. It was um, Janet. Do it someone. All. Yeah. Well, he might have stopped at some point also. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This was 1992 when this movie came out. I can pull it up. It was Janet Maslin. Mm. Reviewed it for the New York Times. Um. She gave it a positive review. Looks like 3.5 out of five. So fairly positive. Yeah. Now I am really curious how they ended up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, that's something that Janet uh, Maslin brings up. Is, is that it? Is that her name? Hold on. What did I say? Yeah, Janet Maslin. So, yeah, that's something that she brings up is... Uh, she says, Waterland, which also features Ethan Hawke and John Hurd as two of the story's uneasily Americanized characters relies on Robert Ellswit's cinematography to make its flat coastal scenery as eerie and singular as the characters who inhabit it. But yeah, just the, where she touches on uneasily Americanized. I imagine mm-hmm. from the that novel. comment that it actually did not take place yeah, in America. Yeah. Mm, okay. And that maybe that was just something that happened in the course of production. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. You know, someone being like, I no want to make this movie, it. but yeah. If it's that... Yeah, foreign land. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Irons is in Room with the... V- no, that's Daniel Day-Lewis. I take it back. Oh, wow. Sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was just trying to think of other Jeremy Irons movies for reference. They do have similar... They are, yeah. Yeah. Looks. They do. Yeah, except for Jeremy Irons actually, like, makes movies every once in a while. Ooh! Ooh! Sizzle. <laughs> yep. His highest rated movie... And Rotten Tomatoes with 100% is Moonlighting from 1982. Do you know that movie? I've heard of it a lot, and I always get it confused with Moonstruck mm. in my mind, which I thought was a wild film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Jeremy Irons plays um, Cesare. Oh, not Cesare. Whatever, Borgia. The, in mm. the Borgias. Um. Rodrigo Borgia. Um, that show is wild. If you haven't seen it, talk about incest. Yeah, I think <laughs> I've heard a lot about that one too. Yeah. 
Well, guys, I think we're going to have to wrap this up because I have an MRI scheduled for an hour from now. Great. Um, Wait, one more. One more. uh, Okay. Can I share a Jeremy Irons related thing? Uh Uh-huh. His lowest rated movie Mm -hmm. is Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) with 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Critics say it has a cheap look and is badly directed. Additionally, some people are offended at Marlon Wayans' character calling it a racist throwback to black stereotypes. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, before we go, though, I have to do a hawk fact. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to see if there were any hawk-related facts that had to do with water, because this movie called Waterland. Uh-huh. And uh, most hawks are, um, they hunt land prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they hunt, like, you know, rodents. Yeah, or rodents. Whatever, any yeah. other sort of animals. Except... For the osprey. <gasps> Guys. Uh-huh. My swim team. We were the ospreys. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So an osprey, or more specifically the western osprey, sometimes called the seahawk, riverhawk, and even fishhawk. Um, seahawk. It's a... It's all coming together. ...bird that mostly eats fish. It's a hawk that mostly eats fish. Nice. So, so it could be oceans, rivers, whatever... And it's found uh, in a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> what a no, great and specific fact. No, it's, it's in, it's in, it's in uh, uh, the osprey is unusual in that it's a single living species that occurs nearly worldwide. Huh. Wow, that is a cool fact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find it in South America, North America, <laughs> Africa, Europe, Asia. Australia? Uh, doesn't look like there's a lot of Australian activity, but probably. <laughs> no. What? Antarctica. No. Mm. Producer Jorge. Not found in Antarctica. Um, but that's a good question. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly if it's a type of hawk though. What? <laughs> but it has, but it's Why? called oh, a seahawk. Oh, it's called a seahawk. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Animal classification is like complicated. Yeah. It is placed alongside the hawks and eagles in the family Acitropaidae. It's definitely not how it's pronounced. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Right on. <laughs> right on. There's some righteous birds. <laughs> Our swim team logo looked a lot like the Hooters look. Or <laughs> <laughs> like the P and O in Spokane were, went around the eyes of the birds. <laughs> That's fun. <sighs> yep. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, so, Lauren, where can we find you? Do you have anything to plug? Um, not at this time. <laughs> Um, but you know, maybe someday. Do you have um, a website? Yeah. Do you have a website for your design work? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I can remember the URL. <laughs> um, Great. Well, you can Google Lauren Bresnahan sure and she'll can. come up. I want to say it's lbresnahan.wix.com slash portfolio. <laughs> nice. For some random work samples. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're looking for a freelance graphic designer, hit her up. Hit me up. I'm available. 
today I made a very cute box with cats doing sewing stuff. <laughs> cute. <laughs> That's fun. That's um, really fun. And what's something you're enjoying right now in media? Um, as previously mentioned, I've been on a dark true crime spiral. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw your boys in the new Rolling Stone. They have a little blurb. You're uh, from the... Jensen and Holes? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying Jensen and Holes Murder Squad. Come on the pod. Uh, yeah. Billy Jensen, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Billy Jensen's other podcast, um, The First Degree, which... Um, it's just more crime stories. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I'm at harping about on Instagram and in a lot of places probably. Um, and I just finished watching The Society on Netflix, mm. and I really enjoyed it. I started it. Yeah. I'm only like a couple episodes in, but mm-hmm. so far pretty good. Yeah, I think it's. It's good. There are some like good plot twists, um, some characters that you can get invested in pretty easily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty well written for the kind of show that it is. Mm-hmm. I had I came in with pretty low expectations, so mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I feel like I wasn't ready before. <laughs> <laughs> for the society. When it was my turn to recommend. <laughs> oh. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I should have gone first and let you go second. No, it's fine. I just really need more people to watch Roswell, New Mexico. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Lauren had me watch Roswell, New Mexico, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Guys, it's better than you think it's going to be. And everyone needs to get on board so that it doesn't get canceled. Thank you. Yeah. Watch that show. All right, Jonathan, where can people find you and what are you enjoying? Uh, you can find me usually just kind of wandering the streets and on Instagram at John Zavaletta. Great. Uh, and things I'm enjoying. It just have to be podcasts. No. 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 We anything. both talked about TV shows. Are you reading a book? Have I'm rewatching uh, Thirty Rock, as I've mentioned on every episode. I think of the you podcast. talked about that last week. I don't think you need to yeah. do a new thing. Is there anything else you're into? Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I recommend everyone check out uh, the album Lux Prima by nice. Danger Mouse and Carano. Mm-hmm. Carano mm-hmm. of the indie rock outfit Yeah Yeah's, mm-hmm. and Danger Mouse of many production credits, including Norris Barkley and Broken Bells and a bunch of Black Keys albums and some other stuff it's very cool those are all things i've heard of (laughs) (laughs) me too listen everyone knows the song crazy by narles barkley your mom knows it your dad knows it your grandpa knows it yes that one so peep that album on spotify lux prima it's very cool and you can follow the show at Hawkeye's Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Please, please, please follow us in those places. Also, make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. But we'd really appreciate it if you dropped a review on Apple Podcasts because I think that's really, you know how people shine in the podcast world <laughs> is is through those uh those reviews on apple um yeah thanks guys uh feel free to message us or you know leave comments on things or just say hi 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, catch us next week where we'll be talking about Rich in Love. Rich in Love, which I just had to order the DVD on Amazon because it is unavailable to stream anywhere on the internet. Oh, wow. Yeah, it'll be our most expensive episode to date. Yep, it really will be. Ooh. Cost uh, over $17 Whoa. on DVDs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. I hope it's good. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao. You're welcome. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.